Aloha, everyone. Ronnie Landis here, and I want to welcome you to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. Now, if you have been keeping up with the last four shows, you may be wondering, why is this now all of a sudden called the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, and why is it not the Holistic Life Mastery show as it were before? And simply put, I just liked the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. It was more accurate to essentially what we're doing here. It's not tied to another entity or another brand per se. This is the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, unfiltered, unscrambled, and just brought to you real, raw, and live and bringing on some of my most esteemed colleagues, people that I look up to as role models, and just really incredible content brought to you from me. Therefore, once again, it is the Ronnie Landis Podcast Show. So anyways, before we jump into today's episode, I want to divert your attention for one quick minute over to the HolisticHealthMastery.com website. The Holistic Health Mastery is my online nutrition certification course, my holistic nutrition certification course, and this is one extraordinary program that anybody that is seeking to become a health coach is a health coach, is in the healing arts of some sort, um, some form or fashion, or you simply just want to advance your holistic health and natural nutrition education, you definitely want to take a look at this program. This is an extraordinary course that covers A to Z, the very basics of raw living food, detoxification, superfood nutrition, uh, tonic herbalism, cleansing protocols, hormone health, Chinese herbalism and all the top herbs. Uh, there's so much going on with this course and I don't want to take up too much time to, to explain it any further. So please go over to holistichealthmastery.com. Check it out. And if it resonates for you, I clearly encourage you to take the plunge and join the incredible community of health enthusiasts that we have in that program. Okay, so with today's show, I have the lovely, beautiful, elegant, and sophisticated Diana Stobo coming on. And Diana Stobo has been a very good friend of mine for many years. In fact, as some of you may realize, this interview was done a few years ago in my archived interview series from the last podcast I had in 2012 and 2013, I believe. And I'm bringing this one out. It's an oldie but a goodie. And it's just a really great conversation from a masculine to a feminine perspective. And me and Diana had known each other for a number of years. And so we had this really interesting charismatic um, bond, this connection that we have in our dialogues. And some of that, that, that permeates through, it precipitates through in the conversation so this is a really fun, really dynamic, and a really sexy conversation that I had with her about getting real, getting raw, and essentially getting naked because that's one of her taglines is 
getting naked with Diana Stobo. And that has to do with shedding all the unnecessary weight, all the all the obstructions in your life, whether that be in your body, in your diet or otherwise, emotionally, psychologically, relationally and so forth. Shedding all the baggage in our life so we can really find out who we really, really are. And that's what I love about Diana's work. And that's why I love this interview. So without further ado, I want to bring to you Miss Diana Stobo. Hey everybody, this is Ronnie Landis and I'm really excited to bring you the next edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential radio show. And today we have a really special show for you guys. I have an amazing guest who um, I'm just really, really excited to share with everybody. Um, She is an educator, a lifestyle coach, and the award-winning author of two really awesome recipe books called Get Naked Fast and Naked Bliss. My guest today is Diana Stobo. How are you doing today? Hi, Ronnie. I'm doing so great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Nice. That's a nice, that's a nice introduction. I love how you introduced me. I, I, I feel larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> and I am. <laughs> and you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's really nice to have you on and I'm really I'm really excited for everyone that's going to be listening to this, especially the moms and the women out there that have, you know, that I've talked to over the years of being in the health field and expressing their concerns and trying to make this lifestyle work with all the responsibilities and the different challenges that that they face, and I just think this is going to be a breath, a breath of fresh air for everybody. I, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm happy to be a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I, I love what you're doing, Ronnie. I mean, you've, you, you've been out there talking, and you have inspired people, and you're educating people, and uh, you have a great voice. I think, you know, I, I was so honored to be able to write in the back of your book, uh, and I truly meant it, you know, to write um, anything about somebody, you have to come from a place of such deep authenticity. And what I think about you is for such a young man uh, being being interested in this. I mean, you could do anything with your life and you've chosen to educate people and and take your time and energy. You could be playing the field. You can be an athlete. You could mm-hmm. you could be doing anything. And you've chosen to to really uh, rally for health and wellness which is a very different story than mine because, I mean, I, I had a family. I, you know, had children. I lived that life of, you know, the perceived, uh, what do they call it, the millionaire's life. Everything was perfect. And I it ended up in a very unhealthy situation where I was uh, falling prey to uh, the standard American ways. And I wouldn't say that I was a standard American by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I'm Persian. I, uh, lived in a very healthy lifestyle, but with medicine, medications at my fingertips and stress and, you know, lifestyle, I ended up ballooning to 246 pounds. I, um, I was extremely unhappy. I was extremely unhealthy and I had to make a change. You, 
being this young man have chosen to, instead of getting yourself in that ridiculous pickle in the first place, <laughs> is, you know, take the bull by the horns and start your life off right. And I, I commend you for that. I'm so proud to know that the, the newer generation, it's true. You're, you're part of this generation of people who are just coming in going, I am aware. I want to be aware. You know, we always learn from the generations before mistakes. <laughs> it's, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, I, I, I deeply, deeply appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny because I, I feel like I, I didn't necessarily choose this path. You know, I, it kind of chose me actually. And, you know, I, I, all those things that you mentioned as far as like running around, kind of playing the field and being an athlete, I did all that. That was my life actually. And I was a aspiring professional athlete and the way that it shows me was through my, my serious knee injuries and, and just the repercussions of, uh, training really, really hard, training my body, but not giving it the fuel that it needed. And eventually the clock started to, um, you know, I, I just couldn't write, che- my mind wanted to write checks that my body couldn't cash. Eventually I had to turn to this and it was shown to me. And I think each one of us that has decided to kind of lead this, this lead as a voice for this message has had to go through some kind of trauma, some kind of initiation in order to, you know, in order to have the experience to help other people. And it's not always a choice that we consciously make, but it's shown to us through some kind of uh, life alteration. And that's what I see with you and your story. You have such an amazing story of transformation. One of the most amazing stories that I've, that I've encountered. That's why I love sharing your videos with people, you just have such a bright light. You're not, you're not dogmatic in any way, shape or form, which I think is a breath of fresh air in the health food community. And I think that's what people want. You know, people are just trying to make better choices, better decisions, trying to inspire their children and just get on with their lives without having to be inundated with all the the varying opinions on health and and how you should live your life. It's just really how can we make this fun, exciting, sexy, and integrate it step by step into our basic uh, lifestyle? And you do that really, really well. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. You know, I ha- I'm a, I'm a realist um, in in the fact that uh, yeah, I w- I would love to live a more serious, you know, lifestyle. I would love to be able to, you know, slather green juice on my body every day and, Mm. you know, squeeze lemon down my throat and, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, pray to the sun gods and that. I, but there's just so much that is not, uh, it's not accessible. It's not totally accessible to the average person. And, And if, and if they think they have to go to that extreme, then they won't even step into it. Yeah. And I want, I want, I would rather you take a baby step into your health and feel better and then take the next step, you know, one foot in front of the other until you can find a path that works for you. 
instead of saying it's this way or not at all. Right. That's just going to turn people off. Yeah. Getting into duality. I think, I think the dichotomy concept is actually is stemming from, is, is the biggest breakdown in all relationships and all health politics. I mean, we see it in our society in every kind of form imaginable and, you know, it's no different in the health equation. So I, I totally agree with you. I think that's the most brilliant conclusion that I've personally come to is it's not all or nothing. In fact, if you just take one step forward, that's all you need to do today. You know, take another step tomorrow. Let it lead you. Don't don't try to force the the outcome. Just let it lead you to where it naturally where you naturally need to go and you know, it'll be shown to you. Most people that I have worked with and I have worked with thousands um have I shouldn't say most people. I would say a good portion of people I work with, you know, step into it. And then they go to somewhat of an extreme for a short period of time. Right. And then they find their homeostasis in what works in their life. And they learn along the way many, many um, lessons uh, not to push this on anybody else in their family, not to push it on their friends to just stand and let let the people around them bear witness to their experience. And what I'm talking about is when you when you start changing the way you live, when you start changing the way you eat, the way you um look at life, everybody around you gets on guard. You know, they're either going to latch on and say, "I want to be like you," or they're going to run the other direction or they're going to try to sabotage you. They might try to sabotage you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Why, why would you do that? How come you don't come on? You know what I hear is people go, how come you don't want to go out for a drink anymore with me? I do want to go out for a drink with you, but then I'm going to feel awful the next day. Right. So what I'd rather do is go for a walk with you. Right. And the, the other person feels defensive because it starts to make them look at their own lifestyle yeah. and how they're numbing their pain or how they're recreating or how they're feeding their soul. And so people, you know, they, they, they find they have to step back a little. They go forward and then they step back. And then they find, they find that place of groundedness. So they start vibrating at a whole different energy and, and attracting different people. And, but what, what most people have learned is not to push their, their goals or their desires on others. They can just stand in their own, uh, process and let people bear witness. And those who want to come along, come along. And I'll tell you something, Ronnie, I've been doing this for a very long time. And when I started, it was lonely and meek. In <laughs> fact, I, one of the reasons I did not use the word raw, uh, in my book, uh, is because people were shying away from it. That was yeah. a scary word when I when I started writing my book, and it, it turned a lot of people. I'm not doing that. I mean, that was the attitude was. I'm not doing that. And if you Googled uh, raw food on the internet, there was two websites, and one sold these little um, sausage foods that were basically, and I think they're still in the, some marketplaces. They're um, a wrapped seaweed with dried vegetables <laughs> that looked like a pencil. And that was like the only thing you could buy. I think kale chips were out, but kale chips weren't even, that, that was something that you just didn't even look at. It was one of those things you saw in a supermarket that you never touched. Mm-hmm. So we have come so far and it, I mean, you raw food Googled on the internet now is like, what is it? 
110 million hits or something. Yeah, yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And because people are catching on, it actually is changing the planet. It's changing the way we feel. It's changing the way we think. It's changing the way we look. And, you know, I have to say, it changes the way we think and the way we feel. And that is more important than the way we look. And it, when you start your process, you know, it's, it's first about getting healthy, but then it's, you don't, you, you think healthy physically. What happens is you start getting healthy mentally and emotionally and it, it just, you know, I, I want to say spirals, but it actually snowballs into this larger than life, beautiful, you know, transformation. Yeah, that's incredibly well put. Um, <clears throat> and I, I feel like, too, with everything you said, what it's really about, definitely for me at this point, and I think where a lot of us are landing is that, you know, the food is beautiful. And I think, I think you know, saturating yourself with the raw food, the live food idea, and, and practicing that for a, for a period of time, it opens you up to a new set of possibilities. It opens up your brain. It opens up different neurochemistry to makes you think differently. Um, your nervous system starts to, um, it starts to get finely tuned. You become more sensitive. You start feeling people around you. You start feeling your environment. You get more tuned in with, you know, maybe your pets or the animals or nature. And it starts to literally transform you into who you really are like and this is a and i'm gonna i'm gonna open up the first question that i have with you is that what does getting naked mean to diana stobo <laughs> <laughs> um you know ronnie the reason i use the word naked is because when i wrote my story um which is not out yet um it's my life story i what resonated with me the most is that I said, I wanted to feel good in my body naked. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's really what I've always wanted to feel. Not about looking good in the mirror or, you know, um, I had no goals, but to feel good in my body naked. And it was like, bam, bam, bam. I just kept hearing it over and over again. So my book is called my body naked. And when I started shopping publishers and, um, doing talks, uh, someone said, you should write a guideline about getting naked. Mm. And I said, okay. So, <clears throat> so I, and someone asked me, they're like, how can I get naked fast? And I said, that's it. That's the book, get naked fast. So I started writing get naked fast based on questions people ask me. And it's a marvelous guideline to starting to get naked. And it, it you know, again, I've, I've sold, you know, nearly 50,000 copies of this book. Um, people who want to get naked and it means stripping away the foods that weigh you down, stripping away the foods that weigh you down, the things that are causing you to feel awful, get them out of your system and immediately substitute them with things that make you happy, things that make you feel good in your body naked. And to get it into, uh, you know, the pragmatic rules here, it's no dairy, no wheat, no sugar, no meat, no caffeine and no alcohol. However, you, you know, there's room for movement inside there because there's so much more available to us now. Like I encourage sprouted grains and sprouted wheat and I, I don't mind low acid coffees. Uh, I think that they're not as hard on the body. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, and when you start to take all that stuff out, you start integrating more live food into your body. Uh, your body just changes. It has a reaction. It starts to feel alive. It starts to, um, get younger looking, more energetic. Uh, like you said, your cognitive function is off the charts. Your, your sensitivity to nature, to animals. I, I think that's funny you said that because my house is like, I'm like Dr. Doolittle. I've got so, <laughs> I've got so many animals in my house. And I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> They're like coming to me and they all follow me. Yeah. They follow, they yeah. follow me wherever I go. I'm like, there's more yeah. people in this house. Why are you following me? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so getting naked is about feeling good in your body naked. And I, my mission, and I had to come up with a mission statement when I started my brand. And it really came down to not telling you what to do, not um, creating a, a rule book, but empowering you to make the choices, empowering you to eat for health, vibrance, and beauty, empowering you. And whatever that means, that means there are no rules. I'm not going to tell you, you should only eat one way or the other. You should live in your power, feel good in your body naked. And people say to me, well, I like to eat meat. I want to eat meat. I want to eat eggs. I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. And we start talking about what kind of eggs should I eat? What kind of meat? And how much should I eat? And how should I prepare it? And so I said, that's fine. You know, if that's what your body really wants and it really thrives off of it, who am I to say no? Your body is different than mine. So I give them, I give them ways to do it. I always say, eat your, you know, egg yolks and uncooked, you know, make sure your meat is grass fed organic and uh, eat it rare. So you have some enzymatic activity to help it digest itself. You know, there's, there's ways I, I, I steer away from the dirty birds in general, <laughs> not crazy about birds. No. Um, it's a different mindset than vegan and mm-hmm. you know, a vegan mentality is about not eating animal and I, I, I particularly don't like it, but there are a lot of people who don't have that mindset and I'm not going to stop them from feeling empowered right. to eat for health, vibrance and beauty. So what I, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for the other person, but I do have a standard and I teach how to listen to your body. So that was a long, long answer to your naked question. (laughs) Well, that's beautiful. And just touching on that, you know, I, I find that we, we have to draw the line on what our personal standards are for our own life. And then how that is projected into the audience that we're speaking to and what's our allowance tolerance for, you know, our message to other people. We certainly want to uphold our personal standards, but I think by being the example, that's going to, that's going to speak volumes far greater than, you know, we talked about this and this is just kind of common sense to us at this point, but I think it's going to speak far greater volumes um, to people, to their heart, because, you know, we can intellectualize everything. We can create pros and cons for anything, you know, there, you can, you can do that for anything under the sun and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, that's just intellectualism. And if we really want to affect change and not just infect, um, negativity, we have to touch people in their heart. And that's going to be done in a, in a array of different ways, 
And, you know, it's just doing, you know, helping people get on to what they're going to do, not necessarily what they should or what we think they should do. Right. Right. That's interesting. I have this, I have this wonderful client right now and she, she'll give you every, she keeps coming back. You know, I've coached her for several, several sessions, several group sessions, you know, packages. She's been talking to me for quite a long time and she does not want to be told what to do. Oh yeah. And as soon as she is told, and I figured that out from the second, you know, some people call me and they're like, tell me what to do. They really want to know what to do. Give me exactly what to eat. I want to do, and you know, this one, if I told her what to do, she would run the other way. And so I, I, I do the reverse psychology. I teach her foods due to her body, how to listen to her body, what her body needs. And resistant as she is, she just emailed me the other day and she's, uh, gave me her diet. She's integrating green juice into her diet every day and a smoothie and she's lost seven pounds. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know, I don't even want another rest because I'm so happy that she's taking the steps and she's choosing it on her own, you know, and instead, because what I could have done is told her she was doing everything wrong, which would, which you just said, instill negativity and punishment that's the greatest one. Punishment. Yes. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And, that, and that's probably the most detrimental thing towards health as it's, as you know, over everything else is that we we're punishing ourselves. We're feeling guilt, shame, fear, disappointment. These things have a greater effect on our, you know, our energy systems and just our health in general than just the food. So if we can combine good food with good thoughts and feelings and feel good about ourselves. Like you said, like, how do I feel good naked in my own body? Like that, that's a question that I think that's a great question that people need to ask themselves. How can I start moving towards that? Exactly. You know, I do, you know, Ronnie, I do these 10 day detoxes. And what's funny is, um, we don't even talk about the food. I mean, Mm. they get the full, uh, you know, recipes, menu, they get all the information. But what we talk about is living our truth. We talk about, um, you know, deeper questions about releasing old, uh, issues in our tissues. We talk about freedom and being free to be who we are speaking up. We, we talk about what's important to us, how we see ourselves, who we truly are. And this, the people who get on the calls, the people who do the work and the workbook, are the ones who have the most amazing results because they're releasing not just the food toxins, but they're releasing the emotional toxicity in their body. Mm, Very well put. Well, let's jump into a few more questions and then we'll take, uh, we'll take the, the guest questions. So I'm curious on what is Diana's perspective on chronological aging? (laughs) it happens (laughs) um my perspective well that's leaving leading a very broad question um we you know we cannot deny the fact that we age from the second we're born you know we we grow to a point and we we decline at one point and the question is how do you keep yourself uh growing And my, my response is if you're not growing, you're dying. So whether it be your keeping your mind healthy, your body healthy, everything healthy as as eternally healthy as you can, 
um, you know, dying and aging is inevitable. <laughs> can we live for 140 years? Yes, I, I believe we can. Mm-hmm. I believe we're moving in that direction. Um, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. I, I, <laughs> I look at myself sometimes and I think my mother did not look like this at 50. Hmm. And, and I, I, I certainly know she wasn't doing the things I'm doing at 50. And, uh, I think that we're preserving ourselves by, you know, feeding enzymatic activity, keeping life force energy into our bodies. Uh, and those who do are, um, on the road to, you know, longevity. And I don't necessarily feel that we need to, uh, do anything harshly to our body, you know, to move it towards longevity. I think what we need to do is take care of what we're given and not do anything to harm it. Absolutely. You know, I, there was a, I don't know if you remember this years ago, there was, um, these twins, these, um, Southern women who I think they hit 110 and they lived together. So they had a beautiful relationship. I think their sisters are twins. I can't remember. And they were interviewed. How, how do you, they were thin. They were, you know, they were African-American. They were fairly thin, uh, hearty 110 year olds. They looked maybe 60, maybe. And they said, we eat, you know, we don't eat meat. We eat all plant-based diet. We don't drink coffee. We don't drink alcohol. Uh, we love each other. We never fight. We work together in harmony. And we think we got, you know, 30 years left in us. We've never had disease. We've never been to the doctor. We've never taken medications. And I just thought, God, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. it you know, I'll tell you what will age you. What will age you is medicine, synthetic product in your body, on your body, in your body. Uh, what will age you is anxiety, fear, uh, anger, pain, pain that we bring on ourselves. What will age you is toxic foods. What will age you is, um, not having love in your life, not being playful. Mm-hmm. You know, those things will age you. Yeah, I was just, uh, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. Um, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine, and um, we were talking about a book that I'm going to be working on, and it's actually, it's, I don't have the exact title, but it's basically, the theme is going to be called Eating for Sex. That works and, Yeah, and so, but, (laughs) and that's kind of how we're going to package it, but it's really going to, it's really going to get to the root of, you know, um, how do you eat in a way that brings out the, the beauty ideal? How does it bring out that enthusiasm? And, you know, how do you have a healthy sex life? through um through nutrition diet and lifestyle and i think that's one of the things is that if you notice in relationships nowadays people are having less and less sex and i think it's hindering obviously it's hindering the relationship but it's also hindering their health and i think a lot of that a has to do with constipation for sure people are back oh, up yeah. and it makes them and and over the years well, of that's all not that sexy 
that's not sexy. No, not that's at not all. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so they don't feel sexy and therefore they're not engaging in that, that incredibly necessary act of uh, intimacy. And, um, you know, it, 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 I think that is one of the things that, you know, I, I just thought I had to bring that up because you mentioned like playfulness and we've lost that somewhere down the road. We, we started to demonize certain things. We started to demonize, um, sex and, you know, it's, 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 we, the enthusiasm and the playfulness that we have with one another is, is in my opinion, one of the reasons we're here on the planet. It's like you can be on the, the best diet ever, but if you're not, if you don't have that enthusiasm, that, that curiosity, that playfulness for life, um, and you're not sharing it with other people, what is the point? Well, I, I'd like to comment on this whole sex, sex talk. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> if I may, first yes, of all, you, you have to get naked, okay? Absolutely. That's, that's uh, for sure. I want to comment on the sex talk. First of all, uh, do you remember, I don't know if you know Joan Collins. She, she was actually asked, and she was aging quite well. And this was, she was from the eighties, um, probably, probably when you're born, I don't know, <laughs> but she, they asked her, she was 60 years old and they said, how do you look so young? And oh, she says, yep. and she, she says, I have an orgasm every day. This is how my conversation with my friends started you, from exactly what you just mentioned. Yeah. It was, it was yep. like the, the, the comment heard around the world. And I'll tell you something from that day forward, I ensured myself an orgasm every day. It was, it was a must. And, you know, and I'm, I'm working up to five and I just, oh, wow. I, I just, no, I, I'm, I'm not being crass. I'm actually being honest. Um, I just think that, uh, in my twenties, my thirties, and even, you know, creeping into my early forties, I thought that was it, that I was not going to have a sex life. Right. I, I, I thought that this I'm going to be one of those people who dies without having great sex, without having that feeling of complete ecstasy and release and mm. openness and intimacy and reception. And, um, I changed that. Unfortunately, I had to lose a, you know, 25 year marriage over it, but, um, I had to change that because I was going to die. It was like medicine for my body. It was the tantric medicine that I needed in order to thrive in the world. And I wholeheartedly agree that we need to have sex for longevity. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wrote an article about sex, actually, in my blog, about all the things that uh, sex brings to the table uh, for health. Um, I think the foods we eat completely uh, allow us to have a more vibrant sex life. Uh, a, we feel sexier in our bodies naked. Um, we're able to feel more or more sensitive. We're also able to tune into the energy of our sexual partner. But that being said, uh, you said it was kind of taboo that sex has had gotten sort of a bad name. Well, I'll tell you why. There is a lack of responsible sex. Yes. And people use it as because of fear and anger and uh, greed and all those things. And they're using sex, um, as a way of getting their emotions out. They're not learning to share an intimate space with a, um, it's an intimacy. It's something where you're sharing with somebody that should be, uh, open, honest, and truthful. 
And I think people are just irresponsible with it. And so a lot of people get hurt over it and it, because it's not done with proper intention. So that being said, I just wanted to clear up that it's not that it's gotten a bad taboo name, just that so many people have been used and abused in their sex. And so they've started to pull away or, or they turn around and use and abuse other ways. That's why it's gotten a bad name. Mm-hmm. Sex itself is so beautiful. It's yeah. the coming together of two souls. And, you know, it, it should be looked at that way. And I don't think until you get healthy in your body, can you get healthy in your uh, sexual relationships? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's kind of uh, the premise of what I'm putting together. Um, <clears throat> that's, I think that's a really important uh, insight and important message that, you know, people just need to need to gain a greater grasp on. And um, just like so many things, our food practices, that is one of the ways that we've we've given away our power and our accountability and our personal responsibility. And um, yeah, really, really good topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you need anybody to help you write that book, you just let me know because I actually have an outline for myself. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all about getting naked. <laughs> Get na- what happens after you get naked? <laughs> Excellent. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So we have a little bit of time left. Let's jump into the the questions from the viewers. So Krista, Krista Burris has two questions. The first one is, what challenges have you had to face in making this life transformation? What challenges? Um, well, kind of a few of them. And I think, I think the greatest challenges are, um, as you change, people around you. Uh, have a hard time with that and it, you have to come to a place where you're in full acceptance of your change and not let the other people um, uh, in, in interfere with your progress uh, that's a that's a process it can be lonely for a while and if, if you're like me and you're completely out there and you're open and you have a whole community of friends and they depend on you to be a certain way and then suddenly you transform and you're no longer that way, you may lose a lot of your community. The beauty is, is that you gain a whole new community. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as you're open to letting go of what will fall away when you change, um, it'll all work out. Uh, like I said, that, that, is, that is a challenge. I mean, again, I was married 25 years and my change did not go well for the marriage. The, the comment was, I did not sign up for this. Mm. And, and I thought, well, how can you not sign up for this? I'm your wife. And it's like, I, I, I didn't want this. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a bummer. Cause I can't stop the change. You can't stop the progress. Once you start making that shift, you know, towards what I consider a better life, you can't go back. It's, it's impossible to go back. Yeah, I can, I can definitely relate with that. And, uh, you know, just, just one and something I would add on to that is that I've learned, and this is happening more in my life at this present moment, as I've, I've stepped fully into my destiny as I like to, as I like to look at it and who I, who I was supposed to be and who I am now. 
um, a lot of those people that were like family, and I, I had to walk away in order to find my path. And some of those people walked away, and some of those people are still away. But what's beautiful is that a lot of it's come full circle. A lot of those people from my past have shown back up, and you know they may not be totally in it like I am, but they they get it and they they respect me. And they let me be who I am, and I let them be who they are, and we we can still have that respect for one another. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, that's another insight, too, for people is that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, you just have to walk your path and let the pieces fall where they may. Right. Exactly. Um, other other challenges, I, you know, it's funny, I can't remember I can't remember the pain, you know, (laughs) I, I, I really think that once I made the decision to take my, um, my life into my hands, to take my health into my own hands, um, I, I, it just all opened up and life just kind of started to unfold for me in such a positive way that, um, I think those were, that was probably my greatest challenge, giving up foods, um, learning new things that that's just been an adventure there's actually no challenge there um i think what's challenging during this you know trying to live a really healthy lifestyle is that the the world has not quite caught up and you know traveling and not being prepared in various situations can really set you back because you know you're working against the grain and you know it's it can be a little bit um, confining to not be able to travel and do the things you want to do with, and have everything at your fingertips. It, it, it's a struggle sometimes. You know, I travel a lot on business, and when I'm, when I'm out and about, I, I, I can't even find a juice anywhere. I can't. I just can't, and I need it. I need it every day. So um, that's, that, that's changing, you know, but just not as fast as I'd like it to. Right, right. Well, that leads me into our next question from Krista is, what is your vision for scaling your lifestyle philosophy to the mainstream? Um, Well, again, I think we answered this question, so I think that's really beautiful, is that uh, you find what works for you, Um, but have, have tools and prepare for your health. So I I consider myself a bridge between, um, uh, mainstream America, you know, and, and the whole raw food community, because I'm able to, like you said, not be dogmatic in my, uh, philosophy and, uh, allow people to find out what works for them. So it, it creates a lot of opportunity. And I know that people, a uh, lot, most people I work with, they, they live a certain lifestyle while they're home. They travel a lot. I, I tend to have I tend to have, you know, 30, 35 to 55 year old women mostly. And they, um, they seem to have a fairly, you know, established lifestyle. They, you know, they cook in the kitchen, they prepare their foods, they have jobs and then they travel. And when they travel, they kind of go awry, <laughs> so to speak. They get into their travel mode and then they come back and, um, I teach them how to do, you know, to, mm-hmm. I, I call it the three day detox which is just to get, get rid of whatever you carried around for the last week and start fresh, reboot the system, restart, uh, rejuvenate and get back on track. Um, I, you know, 
everything is working towards mainstream right now. Mm-hmm. I think we're all working towards it. If you, if you read my book, Get Naked Fast, you will see how mainstream it is. Everything there is um, accessible and uh, easy to do, easy to uh, digest mentally and you know, emotionally. It's completely laid out for you in such a sim- simple way that there's not anybody who can't do it. Now, people will say, I can't afford it. America will say, I can't afford it. I had a whole thought process around that, too. You can't afford not to. Most people who can't afford it are on medications that they're spending money on. Exactly. And they're spending, you know, a dollar on a, you know, McDonald's hamburger that's going to kill them when they can spend a dollar on a head of cauliflower that can be made into a fabulous soup. So, you know, or 79 cents, it will feed a family of five. You know, so there's, there's ways to look around it. It's just, we just have to change the mentality and teach them. We're teaching, you know, teaching without preaching, which is really important. Mm, Yeah. I think people have kind of, kind of sick of the, the fire and brimstone preacher. And, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's really a beautiful thing to be able to do this work and to be a, a bridge, a channel, to be a voice for a message that really needs a voice. And um, that's really all it, I think that's all it needs is that people have to come into their own power and find their own voice. And raw food is, in my personal opinion, the greatest, the greatest doorway for that, that, um, self-exploration to take place and the way it empowers people is absolutely astonishing exactly and you know ronnie i i i i was on a whole raw food journey i i was 100 percent raw for a very long time and um and i realized that you know with children my lifestyle it just wasn't going to work for me and quite frankly i i didn't want to do it right. anymore 100 percent raw and um but most of the time if i look at my diet I am. I just don't, I just don't put that restriction on myself. You don't think about it. I don't think about it. And I think it's really important that people understand, um, that, uh, you don't have to be anything. You don't have to have a name to what you're doing. No, you don't have, you don't have to be on a vegan. You don't have to be on a raw or um, paleo or a vegetarian. You have to defend yourself all the time. Exactly. How do you, what's your diet like? It's like my diet is whatever my body needs at that time. Right. Like it's funny because before I did this, no one asked me like, Oh, you know, maybe for sports and stuff they'd ask me, but you know, just in my day to day life, no one was like, what diet are you on? As if it was like a, a, a regular thing. Everyone's on some kind of diet, which most people are just in a different, a different format. But you know, it's kind of funny. Like we, we create these like mathematical calculations for like, okay, I need this many carbohydrates and this and that, and it's this kind of diet. And, um, it's kind of weird yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. How many times do you get the question? Well, where am I going to get my protein from? Oh like, man. Wow. You know what? I, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I really have to be, you know, cognizant of my answer because yeah, <laughs> I, I want to say, are you really going to ask that question again? Haven't you paid attention? I, <laughs> really? I, yeah. <laughs> I usually ask people like it is. I'm such a, like, I'm kind of blunt. Like when people ask that, I'm just kind of like, where do you get your protein? And, yeah. You know, or something like that. But yeah, I, I kind of just, 
I kind of just like smile and just, you know, whatever. Right. Um, Okay, let's get into the last question while we still have a little time. This is from Alex Mack. How does Diana structure her meals throughout the day, lighter to heavier? Oh, this is relevant. Wow, that's that's well, yeah, it is. It's I I put my body whatever my body wants. Um, But I'll tell you what, my 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 diet consists of this. I get up in the morning and I have a twenty ounce glass of water by the side of my bed every morning. And I drink that. And sometimes I'll go downstairs into my kitchen and I will have either a little apple cider vinegar and water or I'll make a green sludge. You know, I call it my morning sludge. Or I'll have, which I, you know, put clays and green stuff and all these powders that I love. Or I'll have a lemon water and I'll flush the system uh, a little bit more. And then I have a, I make my own almond milk or I'm really hot on hazelnut hemp milk right now, you know, where I put three quarters hazelnut and a half. Uh, hemp, hemp seed and make this wonderful milk. And I, I make what I call my morning glory, which is a, uh, it's my low acid coffee, a banana stevia and it's, uh, with milk. And it, it's, it, it's like, it's like a milkshake. It's so good. And I look forward to it. And I call it my morning glory because you can imagine why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then I go on my exercise routine and, you know, I come back and immediately I have a green juice and I usually drink about a quarter of green juice a day. I thrive, live, love everything about green juice. Uh, I'm really hot on watermelon juice right now and I'll sip on that throughout the day along with some other water. And then around four o'clock I get hungry and four o'clock is when I like to have a salad, a big hearty salad. And... Um, that's when I usually have my main meal. Uh, it's not pretty. I'm not saying it's pretty and I sit down and have a normal meal. I mean, I like, I'm like a, I, I, it's like a trough. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a horse in a feed bag. <laughs> I, I lash it onto my ears and I just start chomping at the, at the, the cud. Um, but, and I enjoy it. And then that's kind of it. Um, I'll probably have another juice or smoothie around six and, uh, I like to go to bed empty. Mm-hmm. I don't like to go to bed with a lot of food in my stomach. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've been traveling for eight months, uh, so much travel, and eating at dinners that I had no control over. And I sort of inched my way into this unhealthy place. And I kept saying, oh, that's okay. Well, I'm going to be home for three days. It only takes me three days to get back. And I'm going to get home for three days and do my my detox. And take- well, guess what? I wasn't home for three days long enough. I kept going out for a week, home for two days, out for a week, back for three days. So I'm actually in a little unhealthy pickle and I'm getting myself out of it right now. And it's amazing. I I, I actually dawned on me today how, how you can inch your way out of that wonderful routine of yours that works for you so well. So you have to find your homeostasis. You have to find what works for you. You may listen to that and go, that's not enough food for me. It's way enough food for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I forgot that when I was traveling because everybody else around me was eating so much more. I began to eat so much more of the foods that I don't really love. You know? People would say, God, you eat so healthy. I'm thinking, you have no idea. <laughs> this is not healthy for me. <laughs> so, you know, we get carried away and we think we can't get to that place. I think the less you eat, the lighter you eat, the longer you live. Absolutely. 
And I want to, you know, I don't care how long I live. I really don't, Ronnie. I just want to live healthy and feel good in my body naked. Yeah, the quality in your years, um, not so much the quantity. Although I was talking to Peter Ragnar yesterday, and my theory on longevity is actually um, very similar to the, the Taoist tonic herbalists in China where they believe that it was all about the the quality of each day. And I feel like the the more you want to be on this planet, the greater your chances of being here longer are. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, the question was not longevity as chronicle, chronological aging. Right, right. And that's, it's a very interesting thing because uh, I'm sure you see this as well, Ronnie. So you, you meet people your own age and some look 10 years older and some look 10 years younger. And why, why is that? You know, it, I don't know. And I see people who are extremely health conscious, raw foodies, you know, herbs, uh, elixirs, you know, just super, you know, uh, athletic and, and chronologically they look like they're, they're moving a lot faster than I am. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely. I think DNA genetics has a lot to, has a lot to do with it. Well, that that would open, like, for me, that opens me into a huge topic of, like, epigenetics and all the factors of that that, you know, has to do with, and we don't have time for that, but it's, uh, sim- but, you know, it's a really interesting discussion altogether, and I think that's what the whole topic on health and, you know, quote-unquote longevity and redefining what that even means, um, is all about. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, this was such a great, such a great interview. I'm so happy you came on. I, I know that people are going to get so much out of it. it. It sparked a new sense of enthusiasm in me. So I'm, I'm very much appreciative of your time. Well, thank you. Well, I love talking to you. I miss you. You're wonderful. I miss you too. We gotta, we gotta get together. <laughs> we have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm looking at your very handsome face on Skype right now, and uh, you're doing something right. So, you know, just keep going, keep going. I commend you. I'm very, very proud of you. Mm, thank you. Thank. Congratulations. You. Where, um, where can everyone find you? Get in touch with more of your work. Well, um, dianastovo.com is the best way to find me. Um, I, I, I'm actually redoing my entire website. My, uh, the new, the new developer says to me, he goes, your site, your web presence is being held together by bubble gum and duct tape. Wow. And I I said, I kind of thought that. So that's why I hired you. So hopefully, (laughs) um, I'll be able to get more information out and, um, you know, in one setting so people can get there and really get the full, uh, idea of what's going on. But dianastowa.com, you can always, um, email, uh, my customer service. If you have any questions about anything that I provide, I have a membership site. I do a 10 day naked challenge, uh, monthly. And, um, you know, I have a whole bunch of coaching and I do these teleseminars all the time. I, I do live, live seminars probably, I don't know, I do five or six a month. Um, uh, 
haven't done a lot of public speaking lately because I've been building, um, building my business over here and working one-on-one coaching a lot. But, um, my infomercial, my juicer infomercial just came out Uh and, and yeah, so I'm hoping to get a lot more, um, uh, national speaking, you know, momentum going again. I was doing that for a long time and I got a little tired. Mm. So I'm, I'm ready to start picking that up again. I, I think that people who come to me generally have met me somewhere and, um, they can't meet you when I'm sitting in my house working behind a computer, can they? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Got to get out there with the people. Exactly. And I love working with the people. That is the best part of my job. Um, I The Naked Challenges are really great because you usually get um, a nice group. Well, you always get a nice group uh, of people where we get very intimate for 10 days. And it's virtual. We do it on, uh, you know, phone calls, but it's very intimate. I have people who do it month after month after month until they feel that they're, they've grown wings to be able to fly on their own. And, um, it's, I cannot tell you how, how wonderful it is. It's, it's such a great program. I'm going to take it to a, um, mainstream level, uh, because it's just, it's, it's way bigger than any detox that you could sign up for. It's mm. just, it's a really, really gorgeous program that I put together by the people, not by me, by the people, what they wanted. Mm. Well, that, that sounds really exciting. I can't wait to hear more about that. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure. Pleasure is always mine when it comes to you, Ronnie. Ah, you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this version of the Expanded Health and Human Potential show with our guest, Diana Stobo. All her information will be on the website. You guys have probably been looking at it this whole time, so I don't really need to mention that. Um, But I hope you guys have an amazing day or whatever you guys are doing. Use this information for your highest good, and we'll catch you guys next time. Love you. (laughs) 